thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, X, and Rumble. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, onto the show. So let me ask you guys an honest question. Are you serious campers? Or are you just up here getting away from the missus and the kids? For me, it's a getaway. You married? Hey, baby. Not anymore. Just letting you know I'm on my way home now. She was murdered. Troy Chapman, you raped and murdered Stephanie Baker. You were sentenced to 32 years. They let you out in 10. I'm her husband. I'm her brother. I have spent years planning every detail of this. She beg you to stop. <laughs> and wash it away. It's not too late. He's still letting go. What makes you think we'd ever let you go? Remember what he did to her. You keep that in front of your mind. This is justice, mate. And we're the only ones who can give it to her. You do this, you will never be the same. I love you. He's letting me get inside your head. He's manipulating you. Help! <laughs> We go through with this. I won't be able to live with it. We have gone so far. Past the point of no return. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 561. Releasing October 5 in Australian cinemas is The Cost, a crime thriller that tells the story of two ordinary men who embark on a plan of brutal revenge against a felon who committed a horrific crime many years before. An intense story of penance and retribution told with stark, intimate filmmaking and powerful performances, The Cost also marks the latest film from director Matthew Holmes, I'm glad to say joins me now on the podcast. Matthew, I thank you so very much for joining me today. No worries. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. So The Cost is a movie that's so fascinating in many ways. I think it's especially so in that I think the drama, the horror that's played out on the screen is something that I think a lot of people tend to think that if something bad will happen in their life, or someone something to their to their loved ones that they'll turn into Charles Bronson and that they'll go out there and they'll take care of them themselves, right? As there's a savagery within us all that I think this move this movie kind of taps into. What's interesting about your film though is that from what I understand, 
what you and Gregory Master, your co-writer of this movie, want to do was kind of like dispel any type of romantic notions of revenge um, that we see in our movies. And, and that's fine and all good. I mean, movies are entertainment, but it's not real life, is it? Is that something that you were hoping to bring to the table in regards to this? I guess you could call this a, a revenge movie in a specific genre of stuff, but is that something you were hoping to kind of bring an alternative viewpoint that, hey, it's all really good to have these fantasies in your head, but when you play them out in real life, the consequences of that is very, very different. Yeah, that was absolutely something that we we wanted to do. We wanted to look at revenge through a through a far more realistic lens than we've seen before. Um, like you said, people have you know fantasies about it, whether they've had something terrible happen in their life or not. We all have ideas of what we would want to do to to someone to get revenge, especially if they've done something as horrible as what you know the character in this movie has done. Mm. And um, but we wanted to. We, we see revenge as something that's often glor- uh, presented as something that's kind of glorified glorified or celebrated or cathartic in movies. And we thought we would go, we would look at it through a lens that was extremely real and see, you know, present a possibility that maybe um, when it really comes down to it, carrying out the act of an act of what you think is justice um, you, you know, you might have second thoughts that the the reality of what you're doing to another human, regardless of how awful that human has been, it just might be different. And that even if you were to do it, it may carry, it may come with consequences you could never have imagined. So it's a more of a film that we wanted to challenge moral boundaries. We didn't want to sort of give everyone the answer. Uh, we really just wanted to look at it from different perspectives. Um, there are obviously two perspectives of the two men seeking revenge plus the respective of the person who's getting vengeance done upon them. And we wanted to sort of look at it from those three angles. The perspectives that these men have, it's really interesting in that, in that the characters of um, David and Damon, played by Jordan Fraser Trumbull and Damon Hunter, they are the two men who are affected by this crime intimately, really deeply. And then you have the character of Troy, played by Kevin D. Um, he is the 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 villain, the the perpetrator of the crime in the first place. What's really interesting about all three men is that you feel sympathy for all of them, and it's hard in a lot of ways to do so for the character of Troy because we see just what crime he he committed, and we see the ramification that has. However, he is still a human being, and he is a person um, with his own, you know foibles and he emits them so throughout the film and he has i guess paid a penance for his crimes through through the eyes of the justice system and the the justice system is there so that people don't take the law into their own hands right otherwise we'll all just turn into chaos and anarchy but trying to pull off getting feeling sympathy for all three uh characters in the film i think it's a, a really difficult thing to do but you pulled it off here really well how do you and, and Gregory in the script format especially pull that off because it's a balancing act especially in regards to the Troy character that I think it's it's that that balancing act I think can tip on one way you don't want him to be um you don't want the character of Troy to be um too super big but on the other hand you want to make sure that people realize like you know these people that commit these crimes even though the crimes are monstrous doesn't necessarily mean that they are monsters or are monsters after they've um, hopefully 
um uh found their own kind of um uh what's the word i'm looking for um i wouldn't say uh retri retribution in any kind of way but at least a sort of form of penance through through the prison system mm, yeah it, it is it was a balancing act um definitely one we were very aware of we knew that we had to that people had to have some empathy for this character but what i find is that just as the two characters of uh david and aaron are dealing with this character um the audience also has to live what they're going through by watching and observing and participating in the movie and i think we all have a natural empathy towards other people and so when you see when you are confronted with the reality of another person no matter what horrible things they've done and you start hurting them our own natural sense of empathy kicks in and i think in the case of troy um, that that happens um and obviously there is that question in the in the audience's mind is he a changed person um is he saying what he's saying to get out of the situation or is he saying it because he's genuine and again it's very hard for the characters in the movie to discern is it manipulation or is it honesty what is it yeah. they have to try to use their judgment um to do that and also something that was very um important to us with the two characters of David and Aaron we if you notice in the movie they both come from two different places David acts and makes most of his decisions based on emotion and Aaron makes most of his decisions based on reason and mm -hmm. so we thought that if the two characters operated from reason and emotion those two separate places which we all have um they would be in constant conflict and they both have very good points of view um, so it's very reasonable to understand why they're doing the things that they are doing. And then of course, all the choices they make throughout the film, but it's also very understandable why David is having the emotional responses he's having. So yeah, it was, um, it was a, it, it was a balancing act with three, with three different characters. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think we've, I think we've managed to show it in a, in a way that's sympathetic to all three, but it doesn't. But not so sympathetic that we're excusing anybody's behavior either. Yeah, I think that's really important too. And I think when people bring up the word forgiveness, for example, I think people think that when you forgive someone for something, even as a crime as horrific as what's seen in the movie, um, and not saying it's easy at all, but it doesn't mean you're you are um uh you know giving them any type of clean people any type of clean slate slate. I think forgiveness is more comes from trying to move on the best you can with your own life so you're not holding on to a lot of that kind of anger and grief that really i mean with the character of david especially it being that his wife that this, this crime was committed upon that anger and grief is something that consumes him that it seems like it's his only purpose throughout the whole throughout his whole existence um it's mm. like this is something that he's dreaming about and fantasizing about and and when i think of forgiveness i think about um i don't know if you remember um a few years back there was that um that case of the um the Abdullah Abdullah family, I think their the name was, um, where um several of their children were hit by a, a, a drunk driver and they were they they died. Um wow. and yet the parents forgave the man. Um and like and like they said, we're not saying that he's not guilty. We are not uh giving him a clean slate, but we we refuse to have um hatred and bitterness and revenge in our house that's pretty much what the father said we don't want that in our house where our children lived and and it was an incredibly 
brave thing for people to do, but not an easy thing to do whatsoever oh, as absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah. And and, and I, I think in the yeah. context of your film, it's 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 something that um that kind of thing kind of weighs heavy on on the heads of of these characters, especially I think David, especially so coming from the emotional Ab- standpoint. Oh yeah, absolutely. It it shows that um I mean forgiveness uh, I've I've heard said is always really for yourself. It's not really for the other person. It's yeah. it's something you give yourself because as you can see in the character of David, his his rage and hate has consumed him as it has also the other character. Um, and yeah, it means he couldn't let go. couldn't get on with his life until he thought he had to do this in order to, he thought this was going to fix his life by taking revenge. Um, and I guess that's the question that the movie is asking the audience, does it? And it puts you into the shoes of those characters to where you think, oh man, I don't, I don't know if it, if I was in their shoes, if this really would, if this really is the answer, because I think it's the answer that we as people we all jump to whenever we see the news article about a horrific injustice or um, the movie where the the innocent character is slain and the bereaved character is you know left dealing with it. We all sit there and think, oh, if that was me, I'd get my hands on them, you know. And I guess this movie is just playing into that little that little thing we all carry in us um that 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 you know the seeker for justice but also the the thing for revenge and where that where they meet and how they clash and and which one is which so it's definitely a film we loaded with as many difficult questions as possible and we want the audience to go away and have a good think about it and maybe reassess perhaps what they really think about justice and revenge uh we've heard i've had people watch the film and I've heard responses that are so varied, you know, people agreeing with this character, disagreeing with that character, and then the complete opposite. So it's wonderful just to see how it's getting people, um, getting people talking. And that's, and that's why we made it, which is really satisfying as a filmmaker. As a, you, as a, a filmmaker, myself, as a person who writes about films, we come from a similar love of film. We watch it. We, we uh, we covered it. We 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 analyze it. We 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 just we. It's part of our lives in an incredibly big way. And so mm. a lot of the times, the images and stories that we see does do have an impression of us, even if it, they we think they don't. When it comes to mm. the notions of, of revenge, um, do you think that kind of thing about revenge? Do you think it's something that's primal within us as like a like an evolutionary thing as a species, as a protector, especially in the content in the concept of, of men, considering we are talking about a movie here about uh, th- these three guys and and and, uh, and the two two uh, main characters um they're looking for revenge are, are, are men as well. Or do you think that sometimes movies have a a role into playing that because a lot of times in movies, especially action films or thriller movies, revenge is a main ingredient in all of them. I mean, people are watching, you know, John Wick and, and, and all these movies for a reason, right? There, there's a revenge aspect in, I think, in a sort of way, a lot of these movies kind of play out our our um, our fantasies, our really kind of like um, delusions of grandeur as to what revenge is and what we can do in, in that place. What's, what's your kind of stance on it? Yeah, I, I think absolutely movies are going to influence the way we think. Um um, culturally however i think the the notion of of wanting to get back at somebody who's hurt us or done something bad to someone we love i think that's i think that's primal and i think that's being part of humanity 
since whenever man whenever since humanity turned up um it's something that's definitely within us because we have you know we are creatures with a with a sense of right and wrong wherever that's come from and that sense of right and wrong and 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 wanting to lash out at, 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 you know justly or maybe you know in in just violent revenge it's definitely something in us that's it's it's all part of us male female um i think it is though however something that we see we have it, there's a much larger sense of it in the in males uh because i think just biologically evolutionary however we're we do tend to take a more protective role in our in our own lives in the lives of our families or at least that's how we think of ourselves and so we tend to want to you know we want to sweep in to save the day it's a very you know it seems to be a very masculine way of thinking to which is why we love superheroes and and you know and mm. warriors and things like that so i think that's definitely uh, something that's much stronger in the male psyche is this sense of revenge uh and of course going and saving the day or you know getting grabbing revenge is definitely a fantasy that i think is primal and we see that playing out in movies all the time you know what i mean all the great films are usually revenge driven like godfather's got revenge gladiator has revenge braveheart has revenge um there's not many of these big male action driven movies that don't and so it, you know it was always something i wanted to explore but i wanted to do explore it in, in a way that i'd never really seen done before mm. so um i hope i've i hope i've achieved that and i hope it gets people thinking about it in, in different ways but yeah um i think movies in our culture yeah it definitely has a big influence on how we think of revenge um but i um but i think this particular story you could probably set this exact same story of the cost you could set it at any time in history in any culture um, and the same storyline would 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 resonate i think the matt's movie reviews podcast is brought to you by t public t public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise with over 1.2 million designs t public is sure to have something you love Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. I agree with that. And I also wholeheartedly would say that you you really did pull off putting in a different perspective of what a revenge film is like. And I think a big reason why it succeeds so well with the cost is um the performances of your actors. Um mm. you're we're pretty much looking at a cast of maybe maybe like five or six, maybe seven. Um, but the main just main three actors in the film, you know, Jordan, Damon and Kevin, just incredibly intense performances, just emotionally, um, psychologically kind of like just really um intimate kind of the like, kind of intimate strong performances but also i think in regards to troy especially there's a physical element to it as well um not to give away too much about what troy goes through in the film but it's some real stuff right there i mean that's i mean it's a we're talking about a um independent feature um you guys are in melbourne out there in the, in the bushes 
uh, filming this. I imagine the uh, the conditions are as cold as uh, what the um, what the characters are talking about in in, in the movie. Yeah, they were the the conditions out there in the bush when we filmed. We had to film this over thirteen months. Uh, we didn't get a big shoot in just several weeks. Um, we had lockdowns to contend with, and um, it yeah it went from boiling hot to freezing cold, and Kevin had to endure everything in between. So he he definitely had the the largest physical um, challenge of all the actors because of what he had to go through, and which was. One of the challenges of casting the film, actually, because we asked two actors to consider that part before we found Kevin, and both of them turned it down because they didn't want to go through the psychological and physical challenges of that character. So, yeah, it was, um, but Kevin Kevin was up for the challenge and jumped right in and 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 did a, you know, phenomenal job. Um, and you're right, the perform the movie lives or dies on the performances of the of those three actors and i said that to the three actors when um before we started i told them that the only way this movie succeeds is is if your performances are just spot on and that was um my commitment to them was to help you know get them to where they are their best and they were absolutely committed to being their best and uh it was an extremely collaborative um on on set it wasn't really just here here's my script say the words you know, put the camera here. There was a lot of debate around every scene, a lot of blocking, and the actors brought so much to every scene. Um, we would probably spend more time talking about the scene and planning the scene than actually shooting it. Everyone had ideas. All ideas were considered and listened to, and the actors did a lot of work on the script themselves by, you know, shifting dialogue and changing it because they felt that their character would maybe say it differently or maybe they would do something differently. So there's a lot of those actors in those parts, which has uh, given it um, a lot more than what we just had on the page. The so, violence... yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no it's fine. I'm finished. <clears throat> um, the, the violence in the film can be hard to watch and suitably so. That's the whole point, right? I mean, you're supposed to watch mm. this and it's supposed to really hit you like um, deep down somewhere. Um and what's interesting to, to me when, when watching a film like The Cost is that other filmmakers, maybe in different markets, they could easily go down the exploitative route in, in regards to the violence. They could easily go down like the whole torture porn kind of thing, which some people get a kick out of. I'm not really that big on that that kind of stuff. Like I couldn't even, like I, I was given an invite to the new Saw film and I, I turned that down because I can't, I can't really, that's not my bag, you know. I love horror, but I don't like that kind of horror. But while... I wouldn't call the cost a horror movie. It definitely is horrific in the context of what type of um, uh, punishment, what type of horrors we can do to one another if motivated to do so. When you are dealing with the violence in your movie and you're deciding what type of punishments David and Aaron will lay out on Troy, how do you go about making sure that you are presenting the violence in a realistic way? in a way that can really be impactful, but at the same time, you don't want it to be exploitative and you don't want it to be a form of entertainment. So, um, you know, mm. I'm using that in very loose quotes, uh, quotes entertainment, um, because I imagine that um, maybe, um, I'm not saying that that's the case here, but I'm not sure whether maybe distributors or, or producers would say, you know, maybe we can 
market it this way, maybe market market it that way, and, and maybe the the violence in hand can reflect that. I'm just really curious about how you go about uh, showing the the violence and presenting it on the screen. Yeah, look, it was something we were very aware of from the very beginning. Um, we knew it had to be impactful in order for the emotion and the story to work. We had to experience the violence, but I also knew that I didn't want it to be exploitative in any way. And it was a very fine line, but it was one that we were aware of all the time and we were constantly asking ourselves, are we pushing it too far? So um, what we, it's very conscious decision uh, and a very conscious way we dealt with it. But one of the things that I, one of the reasons I believe it doesn't tip into exploitation, even though it dances very close to the level of violence, well, number one, it doesn't go into gore. Um, yeah. It doesn't become gory. Um, it's more of a psychological, while it is physically violent, the, the violence is largely psychological. Um, so that helps, doesn't go into gore. And the story, it works better for the story if it doesn't go into, into gore because that would take it out of, that would make it less realistic because these, these are regular people, normal guys. They're not hitmen. They're not psychopaths they are just regular you and me so they're not going to go down the gore pathway but the other way is that the movie the movie is t constantly telling the audience all the time that what you're watching is not you're not supposed to find it entertaining and you're not meant to be getting any enjoyment out of it it's not for fun it's not funny and it's not it's not for the kicks and you see that also in the character's in, in the way that David and Aaron, uh, when they're doing the violence, you see that also reflected in the characters as well. You see the psychological effects it has on them as they're doing it. So I think the movie, unlike, say, something like uh, the Saw movies or maybe um, what's that other one, the Eli Roth ones that they did. Oh, uh, that um, are... Hostel. Hostel, yeah. They're, they're yeah. just nasty for nasty's sake. Whereas yeah. this film is nasty for, there's nasty moments for, but you understand why they're doing it, but you don't get a kick out of it and you kind of want it to stop just as yeah. the characters want it to stop. So I think what the movie does is it puts the, it gets the audience in sync with the heroes or the protagonists of the story, you could say. It gets them in sync with each other and therefore I think audiences find it a little bit of an easier pill to swallow. So that was um, that was how we handled it. So it didn't tip into exploitation. We certainly haven't had any distributors or anybody try to sell it on on the violence or to try to up you know up that up you know, push that because I think everyone who sees it does see that it's not this violence is not here for those reasons. So you couldn't possibly sell it that way. Um, I'm a believer in the potential for change within people, even the people who've done the worst acts, I believe can change themselves, but I'm also not naive to, be to believe that sometimes that's not a possibility either. When it comes to the character of Troy, there are moments in the film, at the start of the film, there's a little something that happens, I don't want to give it away, um, but there are moments in the film where I think to myself, has he changed? Has he not changed? He talks about in the movie that, you know, when he did commit the act, there might have been other influences in his life, whether they be like through narcotics or other things as well. And do you think that a person like Troy 
um, has the potential uh, to change? Do you think that is something that can happen in real life with people who have been have took taken part in really horrific crimes? Um, because I, while I do have a faith in that and I believe in that, at the same time, I have to, you know, I think it's wise for people to also keep their guard up in regards to anything uh, like that as well. Yeah, for sure. Look, I, I think I think there is absolutely the potential for change because we have seen it in the past. We have seen it in, um, you know, it, history has shown that some people can actually reform, um, even terrible, you know, people that have t- committed terrible crimes. Uh, and then there are cases where we've seen in history that they they cannot um, reform and they need to be they need to remain in you know in jail. So um, I think it's one of those things where it's a case by case scenario and those that are in charge, uh, it, you know, the legal system has to be able to discern the difference for the safety of everybody has to be able to discern the difference and do that in a, in a just way. That's a whole other issue. Um, but this movie looks at the possibility of, you know, you know, the possibility, could this guy be different? Does that, and the possibility that he, him being different is what creates the conflict. Now, if he, if they captured him and he was completely unrepentant and didn't care and was telling them he enjoyed doing it, well, there wouldn't be much to, you know, there wouldn't be any reason to feel sorry for him. So the fact that the movie really does open that question up really does, um, you know, help gets those characters thinking, are we doing the right thing here? Is there any room for change here? Is there any room for forgiveness? Um, yeah, look, it's a tricky question, um, but that's what the cost is there to explore, tricky questions. Yeah. And I cannot, you know, I wouldn't assume that my movie could possibly answer it but what I would hope is that, um, and I don't have the answers myself, but I certainly hope it gets people talking and debating about it, the issues, um, because I think everyone will kind of find their own conclusion and they'll find the character that they most sort of agree with. Um, I remember, I know when I was first cutting the movie together and I showed one particular scene to my wife just to get her opinion on the edit, she watched one character say their piece and she went, yeah, man, I really agree with that. And then she listened to the other character say their piece and when she went, oh, I really agree with that too. I don't know which one I agree with. <laughs> and um, I guess that's the uh, that's reason and that's emotion. They're, they live in a, in a state of constant conflict with each other. So, and I yeah. think I think it's important that people always have constant conflict, will always have inner debate within themselves. Because I think the problem these days is that people seem a little bit too comfortable in having uh their opinion be just one way based on you know whether it be self-biases or anything else and i think that's a real big problem these days and i think what's important with a movie like the cost is that that in a that in a debate within the people and expressing it with other people as well and sharing the opinion and talking about these things and i think it's a really uh positive thing um when you have and i know you've had screenings in regards to like film festivals and such over the last year and so um, when you see reactions from um, people who've seen the film, or if you talk to people who have seen the film for the first time, do you find that uh, the reactions you're getting are similar to, like, say, the uh, the example you gave in regards to your wife, in that they uh, they find themselves in the kind of like um, uh, torn between the different perspectives of the people? Do you, do you did you ever have an experience where people might have brought a different perspective um, in regards to the film that you ever hadn't even uh, considered or heard of before? 
Yeah, well, look, I, like I said, I get I get all kinds of all reactions. People agreeing, yes, no, and um, we off. I mean, I remember one time we I, we showed the film in Sydney um, at a film festival, and we had a Q and A afterwards, and we um, we did a show of hands thing. The you know, put up your hands if you feel that this character that this that this was the way it should be, and everyone half the audience put up their hand, and then we asked the other side of the question and the other half and um and then we asked who are undecided and there was about six or seven who didn't under so it was interesting to see that it was quite a split um and what we have found in our screenings which has been probably the most surprising to us is that after a couple of different screenings we had people that we've never met before have come up to me or someone who's involved with the film or the writer and they've actually said that they found that, that they've actually said, I've been in this situation before. Someone who had lost a child who had watched the movie said that told, I think it was told, they told my co-writer that they have been in that situation where they've wanted to do this. And they actually found them watching the film quite cathartic because it kind of helped them deal with their own, um, I don't know, it's like that the movie felt made them feel understood because they'd carried this sense of the rage and anger and injustice around all for many years. And they found the film very, um, it spoke to them. And we've also found victims of, of crime, um, females who have had terrible things happen to them, who've also watched the movie and they've said that it's helped them. It's helped them, um, come around and, and deal with, you know, some of the haunting things they've had in their past as well. So, getting those kind of reactions from people that's th those were that exceeded what we thought we would get and um we're just really glad that it's you know it's speaking to people who've been in the situations like these characters have been in so i, I really hope to get more of that um and to learn more about that as as we go and and you know and reveal it to the world so for everyone out there listening october 5 the costs in australian cinemas i really recommend people check this film out and see them and not only do we need uh, more people seeing Australian films, so especially independent Australian films. I think um, my opinion, Matthew, is that the the heart of Australian cinema is found in the independent scene. I, I'm a big believer in that. And I'm really happy to see that you had a, a new film out. I know it's been a few years since um, Legend of Ben Hall, which, I'll, which we, oddly enough, we talked about that as well all the way back in, back in the day. It's it's so funny how, how funny our time passes. Uh, yeah, so, it does. Um, it's good to, it's good to to see you again and see you got the, the another film out and um i really again recommend everyone to check out uh the cost because you're going to see uh great performances um great cinematography and a really kind of stirring thought-provoking story and i think um those kind of stories are, are we need more of that i think um, in in the cinema landscape whether it be in a local scene or what have you i think it's really important that those kind of films do come out and we talk about those movies because i don't know about you matthew but my favorite decade of uh of filmmaking came from the 70s i think a lot of the films that came from that time what had that kind of that kind of thought-provoking kind of like commentary and that made you want to talk about it afterwards and while i'm also a fan oh, of, yeah. of your of your genre stuff and your more entertaining stuff those are the movies that really kind of like really make me sit up and and really cheer and, and notice just as, as a cost did for me so congratulations to you and then best of luck with the film's release oh thank you so much i really appreciate you uh yeah talking about the film and yeah um thank you for um spreading the word on it. I, um, we hope it does well.